Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of Voo Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, come on, how are we doing, Church Online? So glad that you guys are tuning in today for a very, very special stream. It is Father's Day. Happy Sunday to everybody tuning in. I don't know where you're watching from, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, even right there at voochurch.com. Come on, I know, I know the moderators. I know people that have been starting church today have already made you do this, but in the chat, come on, it just warms my heart. Can you just go ahead and say Happy Father's Day in the chat? Uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there that are part of Voo Church. We love you. We're thinking of you today. And this is a great celebration day. Um, we're, we want to honor you. We want you to know that you're heroes in our church and you're a huge part of this community and we love you. And I thought on Father's Day that um, I would do something a little bit special. I invited two incredible dads, <laughs> but also two uh, good friends of mine. In fact, we'll start over here because last week, uh, Dr. Darius Daniels, who pastors Change Church in Orlando, I said, bro, that message, which people are still talking about, that the church has left the building right out of the Good Samaritan, Luke 10, such an encouraging message. But I said, bro, you just got to come all the way back down to Miami. <laughs> we're just going to make him a resident uh, pastor over yeah. here. Yeah. But uh, we're so happy you're back. Make some noise for Darius Daniels, ladies and gentlemen. Bro. Come on. Feeling good? Miami. Let's go. Yes. It's Vu. Come on. We're going to get you a condo down here. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Easy. Absolutely. Yep. Uncle, me and Uncle Chad. Yeah, well, right. Chad comes down. I mean, <laughs> Chad is actually an elder in our church, so he's no stranger to the Vu community whatsoever. Pastor of Zoe Church. Incredible father, wonderful pastor. We're so honored that you'd be here from Los Angeles. Everybody make some noise for Chad Beach. Love you. And you know, to be honest with you guys, I feel like, you know, at our church, you guys can tell me right away at your church, but at our church, like Mother's Day is like this massive event always. Yeah. 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 And then every year at Father's Day, it feels like I don't know where everyone goes. It's like yeah. it's like the attendance is low, yeah. the morale is yeah. low, and yeah. I was like, not today, man. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna make them pay, and we're gonna make much out of the <laughs> But let's uh, let's. I just want to have a conversation today. Right. Uh, we we see the image of the Father of of God all throughout the Scripture, over and over again. Yeah. Jesus, when he teaches us how to pray, our Father who art in heaven. And we we see this image of the importance of dads. Mm. Really quick, let's just take a moment. That little analogy that I just gave you, tell me if that's the same at your church that on Father's Day, it feels like people are missing, the morale's low. Why even is that? We're starting with Darius, let's get into it. So yes, it's that way at my church. I feel much better about it now though, now that you just told me. It is it that way? Place. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. but I, I, I feel better about it now that misery loves company, bro. So <laughs> I feel better about it that it's the case. You with us on Father's Day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so casting. I don't know though. Th this is what we we tried everything to try to change yeah. it, and we're like, yes, we're gonna give equal effort and equal energy, and try to make it just as creative. But it doesn't work, and um, <laughs> I don't know. Just pray for us. We'll pray for your church, yeah. Chad. Yeah. Be honest with us, at Zoe. It's crazy. Uh, our attendance just goes through the roof. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I can't. I can't relate with you guys here. LA's different, man. LA's different. No, I, it's I, your leadership. It's yeah, your leadership. yeah. It's, uh, it's a reflection of my leadership. Um, I think, you know, it's just Mother's Day, mom's dragging everybody to church. Mm. You know, it's just kind of always the picture we see mom, you know, you hear kids uh, talking when they grow up and they go, mom drug me to church my whole life. It's rare yeah. that dad does, 
But I think it's so important that we acknowledge there's so many great dads out there. Yeah. So many great dads that are the spiritual leader, that are yeah. doing their job. I you know, always think the role of a father is to be first the priest of the home. Mm. And so I want to just acknowledge, I know the attendance is dipping because people are out golfing. Maybe they're out you know, get, doing the barbecue thing, whatever. But there's so many amazing dads. I feel like we live in a culture where we have more attentive and more aware dads than ever before. And so that's a good thing. So I know the attendance might not be up, but I think there's more spiritual leaders that we're seeing now more than ever before. Well, I'm a very new father. Um, I have got two boys, Wyatt and Wild, and uh, they're incredible. But I've been watching you guys be dads for a while. Maybe just quickly, just introduce your families so everyone who's watching right now. How many kids, names? Start with you, Chad. I have four children. We have four children. Um, our ages are two, four, six, and eight. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> I know it's Father's Day, but mom. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have uh, Georgia, Winston, Maverick, and Clive, and it is a house full, and we're in heaven. We're loving it. Come on, Darius. So that's interesting because Chad and I are the exact same age, right? And I'm never going back to the age of his children, that season is over for me. I'm never going back. So I have, I'm married to my college sweetheart. So my wife and I met 19 or so in college. So um, we've been together ever since, married right outside of college. And we've got two boys. So Seth, Darius Seth, who's our oldest, he's 18. I know him. And uh, of course, and Gabriel, Micah, and Gabe is 13. It's just the weirdest thing. Sometimes I'm looking at Chad on IG and I'm like, that's a car seat, bro. Yes. <laughs> wow. that's a, you don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't remember a car seat. I, like, have, bro, I live on the Disney app, bro. I live on the Disney <laughs> app. Oh my goodness. The Disney app has changed my life. And it's also rekindled old nostalgic memories. Yes, right. I was watching Old Yeller the other day weeping. I was like, <laughs> God is in this film. Anyways, uh, but for both of you guys with kids and families, Let's just talk for a moment uh, about being a dad and becoming a dad. I'm still a new father, so I'm like in the learning season. Right. My oldest is two. My youngest is eight months. Can you, your oldest is 18, your oldest is eight, but how did becoming a father change you? Let's just start there for a moment. Well, one, I feel like it made me, a, it, it caused me to see the importance of being more responsible. Mm. Because I knew, that, like the first time I held my boy in my arms, I knew he would be the beneficiary or he would experience the consequence. He would bear the blessings or bear the burden of my decisions. Wow. And so it made me immediately want to be a wiser person because I knew the world was going to throw him enough obstacles. Yeah. I didn't want to co- contribute to any of those obstacles coming in yeah. his way. So good. Yeah. So good. I always feel like life started when we had our first child. You know, like when you get married, not that much changes. You know, it's not that much, you know, you're having a lot of fun and you're going on trips and you know, hopefully you get a couple years being married before you have kids. And we, we had two years of being married before we had children. And the moment we had our daughter, I thought life really starts now. The change is so mm. tangible. The change is so real that you go, nothing will ever be the same. Nothing will we be have the same. this child to look after and be responsible for. And so now my finances really matter. and mm-hmm. My faith really matters wow. now. My words really matter. And so you just feel that, the weight of that, the response in a really good way. I think you're arrested by that moment. 
when I first had Wyatt, we had gone on an eight-year journey of infertility. And so I think both of you know our story. I know our church knows our story. And we had a deep desire to have kids. And after that long wait, there's, I don't, waiting always makes you appreciate mm-hmm. whenever you get the miracle, the breakthrough a little bit more. But one of the great revelations that I had after Wyatt came, of course, um, love, understanding the love of the father. But there was this other side for me, and maybe you guys can talk about this as well, but like I immediately had this new level of grace for my own dad. Yep. It was like, oh, okay. Like, ah, oh, man. Like, uh, I, my dad and I have always been good, but after having a son, it's like immediately there was this level of grace that I extended going, I just didn't get it. I didn't understand and my dad always taught me saying, he said, the downward love of the father is always stronger than the upward love of a son. Wow. That there's this idea, no matter how hard I try to love my dad, my dad's love for me is, is stronger. Just no matter how Strong. much I try to respond to God, Strong. God's love is greater. It's mm-hmm. great. Maybe just talk both of you, because both of you guys have good relationships with your dads. I know there's people watching today that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know in Bible that we serve the God who's the father, the fatherless. Right. We also believe that God brings people in our life that, begin to repair and, and fill holes in our life. But right. talk just about your dads and maybe your experience and what you learned from them. And Yeah. So I would agree in terms of, one, my appreciation for my dad yeah. increased the older my kids got. And for a couple of reasons. Mm. One, I felt like I wasn't, even though there is no playbook for parenting, mm. I felt like I wasn't navigating the space without some kind of experience because I could, in some sense, I could remember and reflect on my experience with my own dad and figure out now, how does this play out? How do I contextualize this for mm. my kid? Mm. So when you're having to have the talk and that day's coming, guys, oh, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And it is just as awkward with boys. I mean, I don't have girls, but it's we- it was weird for me with boys. Yeah. I did it when twice. When you said to talk about Zootopia or Jungle Book. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, we're going to decide. Yeah. So um, the point that I'm making is, there was a great appreciation because, man, I was like, man, I, I had a blueprint in some sense. And so many people that I know don't. Then two, as you said, it gave me a greater sense of grace for him. Yeah. Because I felt like <laughs> he did a much better job with me in mm. certain seasons than mm. I felt like I did with, um, with my own kids. Wow. Yeah. And um, this is what I've learned, though. Fathers have to be willing to play the long game because sometimes it takes the kids getting older for them to accurately and adequately appreciate the contribution that you're making. So when I talk about my dad now, I'm ready to cry. Yeah. Because as I get older, there's a greater appreciation of of the investment that he made in my life. Yeah, it's beautiful. I I feel the same. You know, my my father, my, my parents, by the way, this month celebrate 42 years of marriage. Wow. Unbelievable. My dad grew up, he, he tells this story when he was 16, he's in the locker room, he's playing varsity basketball, and his father comes in to tell him, he thinks he's getting the, I'm proud of you, son, you're playing varsity basketball, go kill it tonight. And his, and his dad tells him, I'm leaving your mom, we're getting divorced, and it would just send his wow. life into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. My dad finds faith at age 19, thinking he was going into a frat party, it was a Holy Ghost party, get saved, <laughs> filled the spirit, called the ministry. And so, it, but it's, it's exactly what you said. It's not till later that you realize, wow, you were working through your father issue and you were working through your disappointment and yet being a great dad. 
being present, speaking life. And so I think the older I get, the more I respect my dad, the more I'm thankful for mm-hmm. him, the more I lean into his wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, it's the long game of parenting. And yeah. something that I'm, I, I'm not there yet, because right now, like I'm, I walk in the door and I go, Veach boys, and my guys run. And yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm a hero right yeah. now. I know the day's coming, that will change. And mm. I don't know what to do when that will happen. But right now, um, I'm trying to play the long game and have that as a mindset. Because I know my dad did that with me. Mm. Let's talk for a moment about people that are even watching right now. Sometimes I wonder if Father's Day is not such a great celebration because we're aware of the stats out there that so many are growing up in a home without a dad. Yeah. can even get into some of that stuff um, as we talk a little bit. But let's just talk about the role of the dad, maybe even from the Bible, from a biblical yeah. standpoint, mm-hmm. the value of a dad and, and how important it is in a home. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Chad mentioned one of the roles and that's priest, which is... Obviously, we don't want, you know, because someone's going to take that literally. We don't mean that literally, yeah, yeah. right? Which is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is the only high priest there. Is. <laughs> right. I guess. The point that we're making is that it's the person that's going to take, uh, leadership, take leadership for the spiritual temperature mm. of the home that's and good. the spiritual formation of the people that are in it. Mm. Now, th- he doesn't do that exclusively. He works in partnership with the wife, but he is the one that is going to assume that responsibility. So that's, that's one area, right? But I want to lean into another one, and that's not just kind of the priest, which is like the spiritual development. Um, I want to talk about the father's role in terms of like um, the life coach, right. because my dad didn't just prepare me spiritually. He prepared me for life. Yeah. Mm. And um, he gave me life skills, if that makes sense. And so there were certain phrases I remember to this day that I teach my kids. Do your have to do's before you do your want to do's. It's great. It's great. Now, that got on my nerves when I was talking about it, right? But now when you think about it, it's like, yeah, you, you pay your bills before you do, you do this. Yes. You do your, and so to me, that's something that came to my mind. It's like a priest, but it's also like a, a personal coach for me that really prepared me for life outside the home. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. Well, it's really powerful and it's really practical and especially all those dads that are watching right now. Once again, I have two l- little ones, so I'm not giving you dad advice quite yet. Uh, but the scripture does give us this picture of the priest of our home. But I like the practical side of just a life coach, someone who's preparing you. I feel like my dad has been preparing me for his yeah. absence yeah, ever yes. since I was a little boy. Yes. Yes. It's not just about his presence in my life. Yes, it's sure. actually he's preparing me for the day that he's not on this earth yes, sure. and making sure that I'm ready to follow in his sure. footsteps. And when I think about my dad, my dad is like the greatest cheerleader of my life. I feel like I could get arrested tomorrow, but I'd be like, that's my boy. At least he did a good job. Like, my dad, he's positive. He yeah. sees the good in all situations. Uh, we always joke around with my dad, no matter what, you could fall into a pit and he'd be like, this is great. You know, it's like- yeah. We're in a pit. He's like, I know, but we're together. This is great. <laughs> but, he, but he taught me something because so much of parenting that, mm. we, that we forget is that more is caught than taught always. That's it. And yeah. what you watch is what you learn. That's yeah. it. And so much of when I think about my dad, the value that he brought to our home is though, mm. even in my leadership today, my dad was in it, man. And he was just bring us on the yeah. journey. And mm. sometimes when I'm in a tough moment, even like just pastoring the church or leading our staff, yeah. I always go, what would my dad do in this moment? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I can those, I, I remember one time I went into like a moment where someone was dealing with um, 
a death in the family. It was just one of those real raw moments. You preached about it last week, just the, the, the presence ministry, mm-hmm. just being there present yep. in pain. But I have so many moments of being with my dad like that. I just watched him and how he would take leadership. And not that he had such eloquent words, but I was, I was able to see the way that he behaved. Yeah. And I mimic it now today as a 36 yeah. year old man. Yeah. Sure. And I, I want to encourage dads that are watching right, right. now because it's not like when I hear this priest in my home that I, okay, like I have to pray the loudest. It's, it's, yeah. There is a level of going, we're going to lead our family in this direction, but it's also going, I'm going to put values into my kids. Right. I'm going to be there for my kids. I'm going to be present. Right. And I'm going to help them for the day that I'm not here. Right. So good. And I, and I think it's important to acknowledge there's a lot of people that grow up without a dad for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we talk about a fatherless generation. One of my favorite scriptures is, if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Mm-hmm. So we have a great father who is our Abba Father, the Father God. And I just love that. You see Jesus getting baptized. He comes out of the water and the father opens up the sky. The spirit descends like a dove and God the father speaks over his son. What does he say? This is my son yeah. with whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. What is he saying? You're mine. Yeah. I love you. I'm proud of you. Every soul craves that. See, the thing about a father is a father shapes a child's life. And most people are craving that. Tell me who I am. Because if you won't tell me, my boyfriend will tell me. If you won't tell me, I'm looking for my boss. If you won't tell me, I'll let TikTok or Instagram tell me. I'm craving the attention of my father. I think that's great for some people to hear that, hey, in some people's life, you're playing a father figure. You know, I recognize as a pastor in my church, we have tons of people that don't have a dad and they look to me as dad. When, when a lot of the protests broke out and I was talking with a lot of our Afri- young African-American community, a lot of them said that line to me. You're like my dad. Yes. I need you right now. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to also understand their spiritual family, mm-hmm. their spiritual dynamic. And sometimes you have the privilege mm. to be a father, not just to your own kids, but to other kids. Mm. That's the importance of the church though. That is the importance of the church because whatever this is, God designed the church, the dominant word New Testament uses is family. Yeah. Psalm 66, 8, somewhere around there, he takes the lonely, sets them in family. And it's because so that no one in the body should have a, in the body of Christ should have a relational deficit because whatever you yes. do not get in natural family, beautiful God intends That's to so substitute good. or supplement it with spiritual family. So this is why when you're telling people get in crews, right? Or get in groups, it's so important because God is going to supplement some of those needs that some people are realistically not going to get in their natural family. Whether they should or not is a different conversation, but practically Mm. some of them aren't. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's why I resonate a lot with um, what Chad said there. I love that idea that I've been thinking about a lot that so many times that God meets our need with a person. Yeah, right. we, we think we got these right. needs. It's like, oh, I'm, I, I just answered. I gave you your miracle. It's that, it's that person right there. Like, well, right. I didn't know. I, I prayed for a million dollars. No, that was the yeah. person that was going to help you get the business right. started. Mm-hmm. It was going to coach you. And so right. um, I, I love that idea, especially those of us that are a part of VU right now in this community, because it reminds us of the power and the importance of staying in community, that you might be lacking something today. And I am not for one second trying to make light out of that. But on mm-hmm. this Father's Day, let this be a reminder 
that God, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. That he wants to meet all of your needs. Mm -hmm. And although you might be missing something from your natural family, I believe there's a family of choice, which is the body of Christ. And although your family of origin might have some problems, your family of choice today that you choose to belong to, I believe God's going to meet your needs. And one of the things I, I I want to talk about for a moment, if we can be vulnerable, because I think all good leaders and all people, you know, like, we're becoming something. Like, yeah. who are you becoming? We started our, our year uh, in January. Shout out to Michelle Obama. Uh, I love Michelle Obama, but she wrote a book <laughs> called Becoming. We did a collection yeah. of talks called Becoming. And the premise was, is the only thing more important than who I am today is who I'm becoming tomorrow. That's it. Mm. That, that direction's always more important than speed, where, where I'm headed. Yeah. And sometimes Gosh. in order to see where I'm headed in the direction, I've got to be aware of the gaps. I've got to be Mitch, aware hold of- up. Wait, bars. He's dropping bars. Wait. Don't, don't I need flatter me. Process he just, that. Darius, don't flatter that me. Right there is classic. He's just dropping the bars that's like he didn't say anything. That's classic Rich Jr. language right there. Yeah. Where he just go, and he's just like, wait. Okay, Darius, don't, don't flatter me. Okay. It just, hey, it's Father's Day. Right now. <laughs> Yo, it's Father's Day. In the chat right now, say Rich has bars. Just go in the chat. Just, it, that's not about me. Don't do it, but don't do it. But don't, don't, don't you don't, stop. Don't, don't. Rich has bars in the chat. Stop. Yeah, it's not about me. It's my dad. Um, <laughs> But one of the things that we talked about a whole lot is that in all of us, we have gaps. We have blind spots. We have weaknesses. We have mistakes. Sure. We have failures. And what I'm trying to get ignited about in my life is that the gaps don't depress me. They ignite me. Mm, because wow. the path to happiness is always the path of progress. That mm. if I don't have any area to progress in, then mm. I'm going to miss out on the pursuit of yeah. growing. Yeah. Can we just talk for a moment about difficulty in parenting, difficulty in fatherhood? Maybe if, if you're candid enough for a moment, mistakes mm. that you have made. I think this is important as, as dads that we own some of our mistakes. And I think as we get vulnerable, others in their homes can even get vulnerable. Yeah. So for me, the first thing I want to do is I want to preface this by saying that I think the parenting mistakes for me are the most difficult ones to recover from, have been the most difficult ones for me mm-hmm. to recover from emotionally. Yeah. Okay. To do, like my pastors had to help me a lot with that. Like one of, one of the things he told me one time, he said, Darius, if regret could help you in any way, I will let you do it. He says, but once you've learned the lesson from the past, you've got to focus your attention on the future. Great, great. So one huge, huge um, regret that I have is this, is there was a period, probably a three-year period in both of my kids' life where things kind of took off for me, quote-unquote, professionally. Sure. And... I was so consumed with managing everything professionally that that three-year period was a period of a different kind of investment. So it was a lot of correction, Mm. but not a lot of coaching. Mm. Mm. Does that make sense? Because I wasn't present enough to make deposits Mm. to create good behavior. I just had to jump in and leap in whenever there was expressions of bad behavior. Right. And so because, I, and now here's the thing. So some people may say it was travel. Yes, I was traveling a lot and things of that nature, but I always was at games and things of that particular nature. So it wasn't about presence necessarily. It was about energy. Great. I was there, but I was functioning with leftover energy. Hmm. So everything else was getting the best of my energy. The kids were getting what was left with hmm. my energy. And as a result of that, I didn't have the energy to make that kind of investment, to be present, 
to dig in emotionally as boys get older, it requires a different kind of dive to get to the depth right. of their heart, right? So now your kids are probably the age where they aren't, you know, they yeah. aren't talking to you like, get out of my room, right? Right, yeah. right, right, right. They get to an age where you're like, come out of yours. Yeah. Where it's how is school and they're like, good. And you got to frame questions different. Yeah. So that piece, when I recognized it, it had been two or three years. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't get them back. Yeah. And it took me, it took me some years to get over that. And um, mm-hmm. by the grace of God, you know, I felt like you can never make up for it, but God redeems time. And so right. I leaned in in a different right. kind of way. But that, that is something that um, yeah. comes Thank to my mind. Thank you for mind. sharing that. Yeah. The other day, my four-year-old, he was in front of our house. You, you've been to our house. And uh, he, he had these, like, dirt balls that he was throwing at our window, our front window. And uh, so I come out and say, hey, come on, man. You know, what are you doing? You know, the classic dad response. Yeah. Know? And so go back in the house and, bam, hear it again. I come outside. What you? So I got really mad at him. Like, I told you not to. And he looked at me and goes, but dad, we're best friends. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, he's so sweet. Just the best response of a yeah, little yeah. four-year-old. Mm-hmm. But I think all my regrets have to do if I'm not taking my time to discipline them. I'm not sitting them down explaining, you know, hey, this is how we talk to each other. This is how, you know, we have sayings in our family. Who are we the nicest to? We're the nicest to our family. You know, <laughs> every, every one of my kids has that accent, by the way. Right. But, um. But I, I think all my regrets have to do with um, just not being patient, not taking time, um, being too distracted by my phone or my work. Um, COVID-19, who would have thought it'd be such a blessing in that regard? Mm. I, can't, I just kept thinking, spending three straight months with my boys, mm. I, can't, I kept thinking, do you know how many flights I would have been on? Mm. How many meetings, how many dinners or whatever? I would have, I would have missed them. So I... I I, I think that it's a great time for me and the stages of our kids, our kids, yeah. is that um, I can really lean in because I'll never get these years back. So my mm. only regrets is not seeing the opportunity that's in front of me. Mm. I, on Thursdays during COVID-19, I did a Zoom call every morning with our bricklayer community. It's the people that are generous to Voo Church. We're so grateful for all of you that help honestly continue to build this house and just a lot of the premise was leading in this time of crisis. And I remember on one of the calls, I said, you know, what's interesting about this whole season we're in, it's about perspective. Because for many of you as business owners and business leaders, and even including in myself, this is like the most difficult season and the season we want to rush through and forget about. And we'll look back and be like, that was so hard and so difficult. Yeah, for so many of our kids, they're going to look back and say, that was the greatest yeah. wow. season of my life. Wow. I never saw my dad that much. Right. Mm. I never saw him at home that much. We never had that many meals together. Right. There's always, there's always a different perspective. There's always two sides to every story. And, you know, we have been in some difficult days, of course, the pandemic, but also what's been happening with the justice system, what's been happening, what we've been watching uh, over and over again on social media with... Mm police brutality with uh, black men and women literally being murdered in front of us. And I have hope, we're gonna talk about this here in a moment, because I believe that in order for change to take about, there, something has to break so mm-hmm. you can rebuild something. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that there's something happening in our nation right now where people's eyes are being opened up and there's a revelation. Mm-hmm. I think what breaks my heart, and once again, if you missed Darius's message last Sunday, please go back and listen, especially if you love Vu Church, especially if you wanna know where we stand and what we're about. 
We're gonna continue to stand with the black community. We're gonna continue to raise our voice for those that are suffering. We're gonna continue to fight for equality for all people. And that's what we believe and that's what we're here for. But I I hear just crazy stuff. And I just, I wanna, Church Online makes things so strange because they can take sound bites from us. But today's a conversation. I think it's a powerful one because we're talking about the power of the home, the power of a father. But I just hear things that get said in the media and I wanna try to address some of it because people will try to deviate from one conversation. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about Mm. racism and fighting back. And then people will come back and say, well, okay, but you know, what about black on black crime? Mm -hmm. Uh, What Mm -hmm. about uh, fatherless homes? And over and over again, you and I have kind of already chatted about this. Well, okay, these things can be true, but they're all the result of systemic institutional racism. Yeah. It's, it's the effect of oppression. Mm-hmm. Can, can we just weigh in a little bit uh, about, uh, maybe just from your take about sure. being black as a father, being black as a son, and even to some of this stuff when it comes to systemic racism, how it's hurting the home. I think it's an important moment to talk about it. Yeah, 100%. I feel like, um, first of all, it's important to acknowledge that these are more than just stats. These are actual people. Yeah, yeah. 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 great. That's and great. I think that's, that's, that's really, really key. So when people say, well, hey, fatherlessness is an issue in the African-American community, I think the assumption, right, the underlying assumption that's not often stated is this, is that they don't care as much about their children. So when you give the statistic without the story, that's the assumption that you're making, and that's the subliminal assertion that you're giving And that's off. the narrative that they are also trying to spread. Mm-hmm. That's the intention behind yeah, that it. It's just like, that it's blatant irresponsibility. It's wrong. And so for, for us who know the story behind the stats, we would say, um, well, because <laughs> I know that well. it's like, so if they aren't in the home, where are they? You know, they aren't at the mall. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. they love their children. Yeah. Many of them are doing what they can to raise them. But you've got a couple of issues. And some of the, and a, in large part, this issue of mass incarceration mm. contributes to fatherlessness. So if you've got a demographic that is around 12% of the population, but makes up more than half of the people that are in prison, mm. then this is what, it's really two conclusions you have to come to. This is an when it comes to their ability to live civilized, you have to say African-Americans are inferior when it comes to their ability to live civilized, or there's a story behind the statistic that is contributing to the fact that you have a people group that makes up only 12% of the population, but the majority of people that are in prison. And so until you deal with that prison pipeline issue, you cannot reverse the trend of absentee fatherism because wow. these men, many of them love their kids. So it's not, I, th- I think that's important. And then secondly, I feel like what's not being talked about are people like my dad and people like his dad, right? Wow. Who are leaning in. And my father was a bivocational pastor and welded during the day and pastored at night Mm. and taught me how to shoot basketball with my Mm. left hand and made me read books in the summer. And he always told me, he told me, don't fight with these, fight with this. Mm. Don't fight with these, you fight with this. He made me believe I could do anything. And so I feel like that's also not a part of the the conversation. And and, and it should be. 
Well, and I really want to educate our church more and more because what you're talking about regarding mass incarceration, I think is something that we as believers, I mean, we are told to go to the prisons. We're, we're told yes. to set the captives free. Mm-hmm. Of course, I believe that this is a spiritual part that Jesus is speaking about, but I also believe there's a physical side. It's mm-hmm. not just a sin issue. There's a social issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you start looking at facts like 5% of the world's population lives in America, but hold up 25% of the world's prisoners are in America, meaning one out of four prisoners in the world live are in America. Yeah. And the majority of them are black. Well, this is going to have ripple effects upon ripple effects upon ripple effects. And what I believe is this, is that you can't solve a problem unless you first have an awareness of the problem. Yeah, that's it. And I want to continue to try to bring awareness and to continue to bring education. We can talk about even how they got into prison, that there's different regulations and different rules about how they judge certain crimes in different neighborhoods and how you can go into how crack cocaine was Mm -hmm. uh, judged versus the the powder form of cocaine yes. and crack cocaine being in many of the inner cities versus powder cocaine being the drug of choice by white people. Jeez. There's different levels. It's, this stuff is wrong and it's systemic yep. and it creates negative results. And so mm-hmm. for people to just blatantly say things like this about an entire community, right. it should agitate us as believers because mm-hmm. the wrong story yeah. is being told. We did a right. whole collection. We just got done with it um, called the story you tell yourself, the story you tell yourself, Mm. the life that you live. Wow. And many times we're believing narratives and so much of racism right now is about stories that are passed down generations upon generations. Mm -hmm. And we have to change that narrative and it begins in our homes and it begins with families. That's right. uh, And fathers and fathers Fathers. and fathers who are raising people who are going to be judges and raising people who are going to be prosecutors Yep. who have many of them who have a lot of discretion. Because, Rich, when people hear people say things like what you just said, they interpret that as us asserting that someone is sitting behind the scenes intentionally yep. trying to send more African-Americans we'll to this prison this is important. Than, yeah. than others, that, that is some big conspiracy theory. When wow. we're saying that a lot of the result of mass incarceration is a result of implicit bias. Mm. It is unconscious. It is a judge who has discretion to say, I'm going to send you to treatment because you're an addict and you need detox. But saying, instead, I'm going to send you to, instead of treatment, I'm going to send you to jail. Jeez. Right? And so what happens is the difference is this. If it's, I talked a little bit about it last week. If there's not intentionality in terms of going across the other side and developing relationships where you're humanizing people, then what will happen is when a person comes before you, right and you've got an opportunity to rule on this case yeah if you if kids like that aren't in your home playing with your kids Mm. then he's not humanized so you don't think of your son Mm. you don't see a kid who made a mistake Mm. you see a statistic does that make sense absolutely and so you rule unconsciously and you don't even recognize that that implicit bias is impacting the way that you're ruling and this is why these aren't conspiracy fears these are facts this is why (laughs) People groups who are committing crime at some of the same rate are being sentenced differently. And I don't think all of it's conscious. I think right. some of it's unconscious. So good. And I'm saying we can turn the tide on this yep. as fathers who are raising children, yeah. who are going to be police officers, who are going to be prosecutors, who are going to be DAs, who are going to be judges, great. to start humanizing people in a different way. And we'll see this turn. It's so important. And I think the church's role over and over again, we know, mm. is to herald the gospel. Yep to give hope. 
and even as stuff like this gets broken down, we all have a role to play in fighting yep. against racism. And our role as pastors and preachers is to remind people of what you're talking about again, once again, last week. Everyone's like, why am I watching this message? I'm going to watch that message. <laughs> I can't wait to go. I'm going to go watch the message. How many you going to refer to last week? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's this heart. It's this heart that needs transformation. That's it. And what I love so much about our God, the way that he transforms mm. our heart, is that his love rushes into us. That's it. It's his love that, in, it, whatever I'm full of, is what I'll be led by. Mm. And Chad, you brought up a pivotal moment, I think, even in the gospel story, that as Jesus is being baptized, he comes out of the water. Mm. And in this moment, we see the Trinity physically, the heavens open up, the father speaks out, right. the dove comes upon him. By the way, the dove hits him. He doesn't speak in tongues. So just, <laughs> I, I like speaking in tongues, but, I, <laughs> but, but, but you have the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. And what does right. the father say? This is before Jesus has done any ministry, yeah. before he's done anything. Yeah. Mm. This is my son, yeah, whom I love and I am well pleased. Meaning yeah. God is pleased with you yeah. before you've done anything. Yeah. And what a freeing moment yeah. that, that I, I don't give or serve for a blessing. I give, I serve from a blessing that That's I've it. gotten something from God that he's affirmed me That's and he's spoken over me. Maybe just talk for a moment about that idea because there is a deep change. And mm. my role to play is to preach the gospel. And people are going right now, why are you talking? This is gospel work here. Yes. That, that Jesus Christ came and took everything that I deserve so I can get everything that he deserved. And how did he do that? He did that through love and right. changing me from the inside right. out. Speak about the affirmation of the Father for a moment. That, that is affirmation that and, it's, and it's affection too. We need mm. that. Our soul craves that. And here you see that picture. I, one of my favorite verse, verses in this time is 1 John 4, verse 10, where he says, perfect love mm. casts out fear. And we're living in such fear. It almost feels like we've been paralyzed by fear. Mm. People, you know, when everything started happening uh, with the protests and, you know, everything with George Floyd in, our, in my city, I, I didn't even know what to really say. I mm. want to say something, but I'm afraid. And you don't want to be controversial. We cannot be plagued by fear right now. Right. Mm. Racism, the problem with racism, people are afraid yeah. of what looks different than themselves. Yeah. When you, it is a gospel issue first. Mm -hmm. If we see Jesus... Fears cast out. When we get a picture of the gospel, you cannot love God and hate others. It's impossible. And so we need the love of God to overwhelm our life because then we will love people. The, 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 he continues on. He says, whoever loves God and hates his brother has not seen God. As soon as we see God, we love the whole world. As soon as we see Jesus, we're like, oh, man, I love everybody. I love grandparents. I love the kids. I love uh, spiritual family. Yeah. So it is a gospel issue. And that's why the hope for humanity is Jesus. There are tons of practical steps we need to take. We've been saying as a community, we need to listen, learn, and lead. Good. We need to listen. I'm listening to the doctor today, and I'm like, yeah. I want to hear last week's message, but I'm encouraged by this week's message yeah. as well. <laughs> I'm going to go watch, but I also like what he has to say right now. So we need to listen, and we need to learn. People are leaving YouTube right now. <laughs> but we need to learn. Yeah. Like, these stats are real, but these stories are more real. That's right. Okay? Yeah. And then we need to lead. Lead what? Lead change. Mm. Lead the conversation. Lead our children. Yeah. Every father right now on Father's Day should feel empowered by the Holy Spirit to lead their home well. That's why we're celebrating dads today is because they do do that. They do lead well already, and we're affirming what they're already walking in. Mm. And so it's a beautiful picture. The father says, this is my guy. 
proud of them. And today for me, my heart pastoring this church is that that's exactly, I I want this to be a celebration and affirmation. I know there's some dads out there that need some work, (laughs) but I didn't want to come and bring all the stats of all the missing dads and all that. No, I wanted to come and speak life and the love of the father. And maybe just for a moment, Darius, just take a minute, encourage some dads that feel guilty, feel, feel less than, feel like, their best days are behind them. I feel like they've messed it all up. What, what would you say to them? Well, I'm going to say to them what I would say to them what my pastor said to me, what my spiritual father said to me. And that's this. The only thing you can, your past can be a prison or a school. Mm. You choose. It can be a prison that imprisons you mm. or a school so. that educates you. And so when it comes to life choices, and parenting choices. Mm. There's nothing you can do about the past, but repent of it mm. and learn from it. Mm. Now, the question is, do you believe? This is where our faith comes important. And I think sometimes when we talk faith, people think we're, we're just saying that because we're religious, right? Because yeah. we're, I don't even know how religious we are, but <laughs> they're saying that because we're, you, you know, because we're Christian. I know Chad. <laughs> I think they're saying that because we're Christian when it's like, no, man, this is, this is really, really practical. Like to believe that God does redeem time. And I am telling you, based not just on exegesis of scripture, I'm telling you from the experience in my own life that if you will put the work in in the present, God will redeem the past and transform your future. Here's, here's When the Bible talks about God redeeming time, I'm done. He's not saying that God's going to give you those years back that you lost. He's going to take the time you got left and he'll do so much in the time you got left Beautiful. that it makes up for all the time Beautiful. that you wasted. Beautiful. That's my story. It's beautiful. Dr. Darius Daniels, Pastor Chad Veach, thank you guys both thank so much for so being much. with us today. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And, you know, I'm sitting here, uh, I'm loving this conversation and I believe that I sense God at work and can't help but think of anybody out there right now, dads, sons, daughters, that are feeling their best days like Darius is challenging you to say that you might be going, my best days are behind me. I've made too many mistakes. I've got too many regrets. I've made, I've got too much sin. I've been a part of the problem. I haven't been a part of the solution. You know, I love that Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 15. He talks about two sons. Both sons, by the way, are lost. One son is lost in the inside of the house. He's known as the older brother self-righteousness, it's religion, it's doctrine without love. But then there's a younger son, he's known as the prodigal, and he has gone and squandered his inheritance. He's squandered his time, he's wasted his time, wild living, sin. That son, he's lost on the outside. It's amazing, when I read the gospels, I can't find one moment in any of the scriptures where Jesus is running. Jesus is Never late. He's rarely early. (laughs) Right. Right. He's always on time. He's always on time. That's who Jesus is. He walks everywhere. Yet there's this one story in the New Testament in Luke chapter 15 where we see a picture of God. And guess what God's doing? He's he's running. Scripture says that younger brother, he has this epiphany, this awakening. He recognizes, what am I doing out here? He's in a pig trough. He's this is what sin does. This is what This is what regret does. It just takes us to rock bottom, always takes us further than we want to go, keeps us 
us there as long as we want to stay until we finally go, okay, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And the scripture says in Luke chapter 15, verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But watch this, verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, mm-hmm. his father who represents God. <laughs> That's why Jesus is telling the story. He's like, you wanna know what God looks like? You wanna know what your, your God looks like? A good father. But when this good father saw him, when he was still a long way off, he saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. And what does he do? He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on and put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Friends, I don't know what picture you have going today in your life. You might be a dad and you've made mistakes. You might be a son and you're saying, my dad was never around. You might be a daughter who was abused by her father. You might be a wife today who said, that man, he promised me everything, but he left me. He quit on me. I don't know what your story is, but I know this, that for whatever you're missing, Jesus tells a story that he says, it's not too late for you because I want to give you a picture of what God looks like. Mm. God looks like a good father that when he sees you in a distance, he starts running towards you. When you turn towards God, God, the father, runs towards you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He's good, Rich. And Jesus picks a father good father to be an image of what grace looks like slow are the feet of repentance but swift Mm. are the feet of grace Mm. i don't care how many years you've been messing up i don't care how long you have been in sin i don't care how many cycles you have gone through you just turn towards the father today not your natural father your heavenly father and he will run towards you that's right it's not too late today just turn towards him and watch as he runs towards you with his love. I believe in you. It's always too soon to quit. God has forgiveness in store. He has love in store. He wants to invade your life with his love. He wants to drive out the sin with his love. He loves you. I want to pray for you today. All over this place, head is bowed. I don't know where you're watching from. You're in the chats. Maybe you're watching YouTube Live, Facebook Live, vuchurch.com. Maybe you're listening to the podcast a couple days later. Just keep your eyes on the road for a moment. Mm. But I believe that God's speaking to you. Maybe you think you're too far gone. Maybe you've made too many mistakes. Maybe you're like that younger brother who's going, you know, dad, maybe you could just take me back like a hired servant. No, 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 no. You're not a son because of worth. You're a son because of birth. We're born into the family of God. You can't lose your sonship. (laughs) It's up to you just to step into the family. And on this Father's Day, I want to give you a picture of a good father. He loves you and he has grace for you and he approves of you and he accepts you and he invites you into the house to celebrate. Today, there's a celebration waiting for you 
if you'll simply turn towards the Father. That's you. If you're saying, I, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. That's why Jesus came. The Father sent the Son. That if we would believe in the Son, that we would receive eternal life. The Father did not send the Son in the world to condemn the world. He sent the Son in the world to save the world. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you, to celebrate you. But you must turn towards Him. You must begin your journey towards Him. He's running in your direction. He loves you. If that's you today, just say, that's me. That's me. Would you pray this prayer? Say, dear Jesus, today, Lord, I, I receive you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for paying the penalty of my sin. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that you resurrected. I believe that you resurrected. I believe you are who you said that you are. I turn towards you. I repent. I repent. And change from that direction towards your direction. Change my mind today. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. I want to follow you. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you what, if you prayed that prayer today, I believe that's the start of a brand new journey in Jesus. Yeah. And we're excited about it right now in the chat. Do us a favor. If you're watching, just go ahead and put, I have decided. I have decided. Just light up the chat. Come on. Just light up the chat. I have decided. I have decided. Moderators, help me out in the chat right now. Help me out in the chat. I have decided. And if you made that decision, we as a church, we want to partner with you. You can put that in the chat. You can go to vuchurch.com slash decision. If you fill out some information, that doesn't get you saved, make you saved. That just helps us identify you to say we want to partner with you, get you resources, tell you the story of Jesus, help you out wherever you're at. We want to partner with you. I, I believe commitments, they last better in community. We want to say a happy Father's Day to all the dads. We love you guys. Hopefully, if there's some dads in that house today that you're celebrating them, make them feel like the heroes of the home today. I know that they will greatly appreciate it. Thank you to our guests today, Darius Daniels and Chad Veach. My man. We love you, church. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.